Terry, let's just continue on what we're discussing. We were talking about Stephen, and you brought up how he had forgiveness in his heart. Oh, man, did he ever. They were stoning him to death, and he asked God to forgive them. Hold not that sin against them. Wow. As we prayed, Jesus made this comment as well in Mark 11, verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against another, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Ooh. Did you see that with Stephen, how he forgave the ones who were actually stoning him, that were actually physically hurting him? It wasn't even a mental threat or a mental condemnation. It was something physically that would hurt your body that would cause you to want to lash out. Because that's when we're most vulnerable is when we, something physically is happening to us is when we lash out. And he didn't do that. Because we see that in Scripture where he said, do not hold it against them. You know, the more we read that section of Scripture in Acts, what an example Stephen left us as to how we can become more and more Christ-like, how we can look like Christ by looking at Stephen and the example that he gave us. Yes. That's just amazing. The Lord is so gracious, and he reveals stuff to you as you study the Word. But I don't know how many times I've read the account of Stephen being stoned, and I often recall that as seeing the Jesus standing at the throne of God. He stood up. Scripture tells us, he finished the work of the cross and sat down. Yes. And now he, Stephen saw him standing. What an awesome reward it was for Stephen. And we can become like that too as we renew our mind to God's Word and seek Him in prayer, seek that oneness with Him, that intimacy. Isn't that awesome? It is. I just love it. And you know, it even takes us further back into Scripture of Matthew 6 with the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Forgive us our debts as we forgive what that's telling me now, and the revelation I think we're starting to see with this, is how it's a progression. You just don't automatically grow into forgiving someone, do you? No. And the only way you do grow into that love like Stephen had, like Christ had, through studying Scripture, through prayer, and that meditation time. Because when you study Scripture, you're actually meditating upon that. You should be, and the Holy Spirit's going to speak through those Scriptures. But it's all starting to tie together here, isn't it? We see that through Scripture, how it's a growing process for giving someone of their debts. Because we realize that Jesus paid the price for our debt, and the Father has forgiven us. That's how we have communion. And that's the picture here, is understanding the debt has been paid for. Now, when people do things against us, we are to forgive them that debt that they do against us. And that's, that's a tough one to do. Because that takes total focus upon the Father as we see through the the teaching of Stephen here in Acts chapter 7. It's just amazing. The love that Stephen had was was the love of God. To be able to pray and and to be intimate with the Father and, and to have that forgiveness just pour forth out of him all the way to the point of death. He's ready to go to heaven. He sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, and he asked that they be forgiven. You know, I'm also reminded about the teaching of Jesus with the disciples about teaching how to overcome temptation. He was telling them, this is how you prepare to go into battle. And Stephen was prepared before he went into battle through prayer, through confidence and trust, 
So when this tribulation came against him, he gave no thought to it. He understood, I'm within the, will, the Father's will no matter what happens to me. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach to the disciples in Matthew 26, to be prepared. And this is how you prepare. And we have a perfect example of that through Stephen, of how he was prepared. Yes. He was full of faith in the Holy Ghost. We alluded to this uh, a little bit earlier, and this is from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26. And this is talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was with Stephen and came to his aid. Yes, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit living within us and wanting to aid us and comfort us. This is so good. Amplified says, So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. The point I want to draw out of this is that the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. He's in us, knows everything we need. We seek Him. He's there. Yes. And he's there to make intercession for us, to pray for us, to give us God's will of what we should pray for. Yes. And we have to be sensitive to understanding that, what God's will is that he wants us to pray for. My New King James in Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. And what is our weakness, Terry? Is understanding the Father's will. Totally, yeah, there completely, you go. And what we should pray for, because this is dealing with prayer. That's our weakness here. And it, it actually explains that. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So that's why he's there, is to intercede for us, to help us on what we should pray for. I once heard that a good prayer is, Lord, help. That's to the point. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's when you let that Holy Spirit of God be, begin to reveal things to you. Yes. That's good. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So he's interceding for us. He's giving us the thoughts. Wow. And see, this is all so supernatural, so spiritual, that it's hard for our carnal mind to wrap around this because we don't think in that realm. What we're doing a lot of times when we pray is whatever we think. Okay, this person, we talk to an individual and they say this, this, and this to us, you know, that I'm having this problem, that problem. And we start praying to God about the problem. Right. And like we said earlier, God already knows our problem. Now we want to know, what is it you want us to do to solve the problem? Give us the wisdom. So we should be praying for wisdom to solve a problem. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, sometimes people come up to you and and they say, this happened, this happened, this happened. My first thought is, where do you start? You start by relying on the Holy Spirit. And you know, what just came to my mind was, is when people do come up and ask us, and start telling us their problems, if we don't watch it, we can start trying to solve this problems ourselves in the flesh, and, and then we can start getting into fear and anxiety about what I'm to pray for, and that impedes the Holy Spirit. You get all messed up. just need to relax and, and rely upon that Holy Spirit. Okay, what am I to pray for? What am I to intercede for to help? Yeah, sometimes it's, it's such a mess. There's a lot of times people are telling me their situation. I'm asking the Lord, and this is what I say to myself. What is it you want me to pray for? Yes. How do I pray for these people? Knowing your relationship with God, 
knowing that he has the answer if you seek him. 27, and he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Ooh. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit's making intercession for us. Now, we can't even, that's hard to fathom, isn't it? It's hard for us to wrap our mind around. That's the supernatural realm. Yes. I better read that again. Now, he, this is from the King James. Sure, go ahead. Verse 27. Now, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God, he knows what we need before we ask. It goes right back again to Matthew, doesn't it, Terry? Mm-hmm. He knows all things. He knows what we need before we ask. And how is that? It's through that Spirit, isn't it? Sure. Through that Holy Spirit. He knows all things of what we're to pray for. And what we're trying to say here with the verses we've been reading is you need to be sensitive by seeking God to listen to that Holy Spirit on what I should pray for. Because this is how it works. If the Lord prompts someone to your memory... You've had an encounter with someone, and a day or two later, the Lord prompts it in your memory and tells you to pray for that individual. You listen, and you start seeking God. Okay, what is it you want me to pray for? What is it with this individual? How do you want me to pray? There you go. Because you have to have that confidence that I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit. See how this is all a building block that you have to believe and have confidence. Okay, I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's telling me this, and now I'm going to pray. There you to go. intercede. And that's what we're trying to teach people, is to grow in this understanding of what they have inside them, this authority they have through prayer. That's when your prayers become effectual. It's James chapter 5. 5, right? yes, right where we started. Effective <laughs> prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. That's when your prayers become effective. In verse 16, is that where you started? Yes. Confess your trespasses to one another. This is right where we started. <laughs> and pray for one another. Oh, man. That you no. may be healed. No. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. For that, <laughs> let's define this righteousness, what, yes. what is referred here. The righteousness is understanding your position that you're in right standing with God. That you have Correct. to understand that because if you don't understand that, you're not going to go to the Father. You're not going to have boldness. You're not going to have confidence in believing that I can ask anything in my Father's name, His will to be done. You're not going to have that boldness or confidence. And therefore, that hinders your prayer. I've just backed up into these scriptures where we started, and it's just so good. Verse 12 says, I've jumped over into the Amplified. But above all things, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or any other oath, but let your yes be a simple yes, and your no be a simple no, so that you may not sin and fall under condemnation. If anyone among you is afflicted, ill-treated, or suffering evil, he should pray. Is anyone glad at heart? He should sing praise to God. Is someone among you sick? He should call the church elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick, and the Lord will restore him. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That prayer of faith, I have my, in my Bible, I have that underlined. Prayer of faith, realizing I have confidence, I have boldness, and I believe that what I'm asking for, I believe I'm in right standing with God. I believe that my sins have been forgiven. Because that's what hinders our prayer. It's not the sin itself, it's where your mind's at. 
whether you're allowing the sin or whatever's happened in your life tear you down to where it has affected your relationship with the Father where you're no longer focused in seeking Him. And by these elders coming to you, what they're doing is reassuring your heart, reassuring your mind again. Building you back up. Building you back up into faith. So then you'll start listening to that Holy Spirit again that's within you. So you can stand on your own again. Yes. And I noticed up here in verse 13 where it says, Let him pray. The person who's going through this trial or tribulation or whatever they're going through, says, Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing a psalm. So you don't pray just when you're having problems. You should be praising him throughout the day, praying to him and praising him and thanking him that we have this relationship. We have this communion with you. Amen. That's all been provided for you. It goes back to the Lord's Prayer again, to praise him, to thank him for everything at all times, to sing praises to him. There's an account of Elijah here in the rest of this chapter. But what's, what's so cool is, and, you know, Elijah was this great prophet and did all these awesome yes. things. And if you want to read that thing, Kings, I think, some of that story about how he prayed for rain, that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three years and six months. But Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have with feelings and affections and, and just like ours. And he prayed earnestly, and it didn't rain. And you know what's even cooler about this we've got the holy spirit now inside of us and scripture tells us that we're greater than all the prophets we're greater than elisha yes that's amazing so when we pray believing focusing things will come to pass that's the key yeah understanding you have the holy spirit within you and, and believing that whatever you pray for it will be answered and because we're still in the flesh, there's going to be challenges that come up that are going to test our faith, that are going to test our belief, but we can build ourselves up on our most holy faith. That sure. was good enlightenment there. And I was going to continue on in Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And let's understand that the Holy Spirit... Is making intercession for us. And it goes on in verse 28 and says, it's to work for the good of the Father. Yes. This is the, one of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible. Yes. And they, they use it as a negative, not a positive, don't they? All things work for good. They just take that little snippet out of that one section yes. of scripture and make a doctrine out of it. Yes. But and keep we, you in bondage is what they do. With yeah. It. So... As we read this, and that's why you always want to study Scripture in the context of what is being said in the verses prior to and afterwards. And Sometimes two or three chapters. And the whole book. Yes. To understand some of these things, but wanted but to make that point. And it's a good point. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Love God. To those who are called. Called. By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. According to go. His purpose. His purpose. His will. His He's interceding will. to do the will yes. for the prayers. Preach it, Mitch. You're getting me all <laughs> excited over here. Woo-wee. That's so good, though. It's truth. It is. In verse 29, For whom He foreknew, He also predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren conform to the image of the Son. Wow. Moreover, whom he predestinated, these he also called. 
again, by the Holy Spirit. Whom he called by the Holy Spirit. God did. He called these people. These who also justified. He whom he justified, these he also glorified through the Holy Spirit. We never want to lose sight. It's the Holy Spirit that now works within us to justify us, sanctify us, makes us in right standing with God. And he intercedes for us with prayer. Do you see how the Holy Spirit does all this? All of it. Everything. That's why Paul was so upset with the Galatians. They'd begun in the Spirit, and then they had gone back into the flesh and the works and doing all this other stuff. And you got to see the Spirit. Yes. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Do we all do it perfectly? No. But we can get closer and closer and closer. Now, this is a reassuring statement here in verse 31. Whatever then shall we say to these things? That's a question. For if God is for us, who can be against us? He's for us. Why is that? We, we just read it up here in verse 26, all the way down through here. It's the Holy Spirit. He's for us. He gave us that Holy Spirit to intercede for us through prayer, to justify us, to sanctify us, to intercede for everything on our behalf. He's for us. He's not against us. So that means he wants to take care of us. It goes right back again to Matthew 6. I know all things before you ask. I know what you need before you ask. Verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now we've been talking about prayer. Isn't this what it's all referring to? It's still talking about prayer. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? That's it is us. Yes. Whoa. We're protected. That's a question, though. Who's yeah, to, go who's, ahead. Who's to bring that charge against us? It is God who justifies us. He's the one who justifies us. Who is he who condemns? That's a question. Who's condemning us? It's not God, because you see that in, in John three seventeen and 18. Mm-hmm. He didn't come to condemn us. The reason that this is all being mentioned, talking about prayer, is to build us up in understanding our righteousness that we yes. now have, that was over yes. in James chapter 5, is to build us up, to give us boldness and confidence and strength and wisdom and knowledge of who God is, and understanding that we can go to Him anytime through prayer to do His will. Amen. We have Peter, we have Paul, we have Stephen, all those examples in the book of Acts that demonstrate that confidence and understanding what they have through the power of the Holy Spirit and through prayer. It's awesome. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He's interceding for us as well. I just love this. This is one of the first portions of scripture I ever memorized. Is it? Starting in 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Amen. There's several things as you were talking, <laughs> the Lord was just revealing to me here. And he was talking in verse 35 about the tribulations and distresses and persecution and famine and nakedness. He's talking about all those life situations that come against us. We see that through Paul, Peter. We see it through everyone. We even see it in our daily lives now, don't we? All these things sure. that come against us. But the mindset they have in verse 36, what is being said here, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. They have this mindset that we belong to God, just like Stephen's mindset. Just like Peter, when he was in jail, where he was asleep on the floor, an angel had to wake him up. Just like Paul. They were totally set free. Oh, man. That's what you're talking yes, about. Yes, totally set free. By the Holy Spirit of God that lived inside of them. Yes. Wow. And the mediator that we have. is Jesus. There's, there's only one mediator, though, and that's Jesus Christ. He paid it all. He made it possible because he said, I will send you a comforter. I'm going to have to leave you, but I'm sending you the comforter. And he is a comforter. If we understand it, the awesome relationship we can have through prayer, through communion with the Father, if we just recognize it and not use prayer as not just to go complain, but use it as communion. Because you're not building yourself up going and complaining to God. You need to go to Him with love. Father, help me. Give me wisdom. Give me direction. Don't complain to Him about the circumstance. He already knows that. You need to go to Him and pray for wisdom and knowledge and spiritual understanding and enlightenment of who you are and give me the strength to overcome the tribulations. But first of all, being able to come to Him with a thankful heart, you can do these things because of what He did for us. That's where you begin your prayer, in thanksgiving and praise, thanking Him for this opportunity to be one with Him and through the Holy Spirit. Now, that's what Paul prays in all of his prayers, that we be one with him. As he enters in, he is always thanking God. He thanks God, and then he maybe asks him for a little bit, but he always ends up thanking God again. And as you go to the Lord in prayer, and I know I do, that first thing that I always come to the Lord with is, Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Father, for this privilege of being able to open myself up, knowing that you know everything about me already. Yes. <laughs> it's so awesome. Such a privilege. I'm just so excited about God's love. It is. And it, and it goes on, it says that in verse 37, Terry. It talks about God's love. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Mm. So if we can get that in our heads that we're not a defeated person, that we're conquerors. Right now, I'm underlining this in my Bible. There you go. Conquerors. More we're, than conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, who loved us. And God loved us. And we're more than conquerors. What he's doing here is building us up. Yes. He's continuously building us up and understanding our position we have in Christ and through the Holy Spirit. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. If we get that in our head, that the only thing that separates us from the love of God is us not keeping our mind focused on God and not allowing things to tear us down. Pure and simple. That's it. Don't let things get in the way no. of our relationship with God. 
It's saying nothing can separate you from God. That Holy Spirit nothing. that's within you. Yes. That Holy Spirit within you, nothing can separate you from that Holy Spirit other than you not focusing in on Amen. God. Amen. Amen. And you're the one that restricts the Holy Spirit. Right. God never leaves us nor forsakes us, does he, Terry? Never. He's never. there all the time. We have to believe what God's Word is telling us about prayer and that communion we can have through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Amen. More than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is so awesome. To be more than a conqueror, the Lord conquered for us. We're more than conquerors. And He just loves each and every one of us. And He wants us to have victorious lives. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you.